We all make sense in our own heads, but the real test is whether we make sense to others. Tom Henschel is back on this episode teaching us how to craft our message so it lands well. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 518. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show helps you discover leadership wisdom through insightful conversations. One person who I have conversations with all the time and has taught me so much is Tom Henschel of the Look and Sound of Leadership podcast. Tom is a dear friend. He's also been a tremendous mentor to me over the years, has been on the show many times. And today he's going to teach us a core concept that he teaches so many people, and it has been useful to many of you who listen to Tom's work, and it's going to help us to get better at being able to make sense to others. I'm glad to welcome back Tom. He is from Essential Communications. If you don't know Tom's work, he grooms senior leaders and executive teams. He's an internationally recognized expert in the field of workplace communications and self-presentation, and has helped thousands of leaders achieve excellence through his work as an executive coach and his top-rated podcast, The Look and Sound of Leadership. Tom, it is always a pleasure to have you on. It is indeed. I'm already smiling. Well, we are going to attempt to do something today that is hopefully going to make communication better for all of us, and we're going to tackle this important topic of the way that we can make better sense to others. And we're going to do this in four key ways in this conversation. Ooh, good. Okay. <laughs> so here we are. We've, we've, uh, we've planned this out. The four ways are, first of all, the why. What's the why behind making sense to others? So we're going to dive in on that a bit. Then we're going to talk about, secondly, the what. What's actually the structure we can use to make sense? Then perhaps we'll spend our most time on our third piece, which is, how to actually do that and talk through some examples, maybe some good things to do, maybe to watch out for. And then fourth and finally, let's see if we can look at some of the things where you see people go wrong on this when they're trying to make sense to others. How's that sound, Tom, as a plan? That's great. Okay, good. So let's, let's take this first point, the why behind this. And when you first talked to me about making sense to others, you framed it as two pieces under the why, that there's a receiver issue and there's also a sender issue. Tell me about the receiver issue first. Yeah. So Dave, you just did it for us. You know, you laid out four ideas and I'm going to guess that if, if people stopped the podcast right now and paused it, they could probably say back two, three, maybe some of them could even name all four that you mentioned. And when you think about that, that's amazing that people could receive your information like that that fast. That only happens in certain ways. So the receivers, I think that we all as receivers, our brains are set up to receive what we expect. Like if you ask me a when question, right? And I start with an essay explaining all kinds of whys. A lot of times you you don't actually know what I'm saying to you. You can't because you're your brain is set for when. I think the receiver issue is give them what they expect. And what is really helpful are little chunks that are numbered and labeled. 
That's the receiver issue. That's the why it's important. Our brains like it. Okay, so let's look at that. This is the second piece of this, the what, the actual structure of what sorting and labeling looks like. Would you walk us through, when you're teaching someone how to do this for the first time, if they've never really thought about, as the sender, how do I actually frame my message well, where should they start? Start with a headline. What do I really need to talk about? What is this? I mean, if you had to describe it in six words in an email, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to inform me about a decision from last week? What are you trying to do? So it doesn't mean that that's the only thing you're going to talk about, but you have to know kind of, yeah, what's the big piece? That's where to start. That's, that's the first thing. And I call it creating a headline. When that's a presentation or a briefing to an executive team or a conversation with a customer, where does that headline actually show up? Is it in writing somewhere? Is it spoken? What does that look like? Oh, I think, yes, it's in your language. It's also on your title slide, and it's on every slide you show as like a, a footer. It's, yeah, the, you want to tell people like, this is what I'm telling you. This is not a time to be subtle. You're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to help people understand what you're talking about. And a lot of times, especially in work, what we have to talk about is really complex, right? But people just start blabbing and they they fire hose us with information. So the headline, again, for me, the sender, for me to kind of really focus down and go, what am I really talking about? It, it might take me a day to figure it out. I, I don't treat this step lightly. What makes a good headline? Hmm. Well, I suppose it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to market, like if you're trying to get, for example, if you're trying to get people to listen to an episode of your podcast, you might want a very specific kind of title, right? Mm. But if I'm trying to put up a slide that's going to be for you know my senior leadership team, I might really want a slide that's accurate. Uh, I, I don't know. But I think a good headline is something that's really clear and feels self-explanatory. So that's the whole idea about headline, right? And that's the first of four things you're going to do under this title of what? This tool called Sorting and Labeling has four parts. We just did headline. That's number one. Number two is how many? How many? This is where the analogy that I use is you're going to put things in folders. But how many folders? Two? Like that meeting that I said, hey, we've got two things to decide. There were two things. But sometimes there's four. Whatever. But you have to pick because, again, you did it when you introduced the episode and you said, hey, we've got these four things. It just so happens that you and I both picked on four. That's not a magic number. But that idea that I'm giving you a number is part of what the receiver needs in their brain to get ready. Yes, yes. And and you did it just a moment ago. So we talked about our four big things for the episode, the why, the what, right. how to start using it, and then, of course, where people go wrong. And then you said, okay, now within this what, there's four pieces. So those are almost like subfolders, right? Oh, perfect. Yes. If you think about it like a filing cabinet or folder structure on your computer, you're, and, and you could then show this visually as well on a slide. And I'm sure if, if this was a, a video podcast, we would show a slide that showed those then four subfolders. So we're, you're taking the listener on a journey, but you're showing them exactly where you're going as you're doing it. Yes, that's a great analogy. Yes. So folders is one analogy. Map is another. Where am I in your data when I'm listening? 
where am I in your information? And right now, my hope is that the listeners can follow along. It's not too hard. We're under number two. And I'm talking about number two, which is how many? Pick a number. I'm going to go to number three, which is labels. Oh, my God. Uh, when people go wrong, often it's around the labels. But think about a label. Dave, you just introduced the idea of computers and desktop computers and all that. We all understand this concept now. When I first started explaining this, we did not all use computers, believe it or not. But now everybody totally gets this idea. Each folder on your computer has to have a distinct label or you will never find it again. So that's important. It's important for us as receivers too. You have to tell us what folder we're in. Otherwise, we just don't know where you are. So you're going to tell us how many folders and then you're going to label each one. Uh, okay. And you mentioned this is a place where people go wrong sometimes. What is the struggle with labeling that doesn't work? Explaining. So uh, if I were going to say, so look, in this what, like sorting and labeling is made up of four behaviors, a headline, how many, labeling. And by labeling, Dave, let me just explain what I mean here. Blah, 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 blah. And your brain is going, wait, there's a fourth thing. What? Well, hold on. Wait, stop. In other words, I am going to completely confuse you because that is not a label anymore. But what I told you, I was labeling something. So people go wrong with labels by explaining. Ah. Again, you're telling the brain what to receive. There's four things. Headline, number, label, transition. Those were labels. There was no explanation. And that's what you want to do in this step. Ah, okay. So, so the key is in doing this is do the labels first, set the stage. The explanation then comes after you have already laid out what you those labels are going to be. Then you go back, like like we did early in the conversation as we talked about the four, and then now we're going into the details of each one. Yeah. And listen, I want to be flexible around this. It is. It does not always have to be that way. Certainly when you speak extemporaneously, most people cannot create three labels and then go back and capture them and talk about them. You need to do your labels as you're going. So I don't mean to say that this is hard and fast, but I do want to suggest to you when you have a chance to prepare, right? And when you want people to be able to understand what you say, these are the steps you would go through. Even if you don't communicate your labels ahead of time, you got to know what they are. They're, they help you ski down the hill, right? It's like flags ahead of you. I'm going to that flag. I'm going to that flag. I'm going to that flag. I think about how many things that we experience in our lives that have a very clear framework for them, and because of that framework, allow us to do some really creative, wonderful things and to enjoy them. So songs have refrains and bridges and verses. Plays have acts that are clear as act one, act two, sometimes an act three. Books have chapters. There's a prologue. There's an epilogue. Like These things are labeled well. I mean, they're sorted first as far as numbers, and then they're labeled in order to know what's happening. And sometimes it's for utility, and sometimes it's for entertainment, but there's almost always a structure there in order to then bring it alive for the listener, the person enjoying it. Yes. And think about work. Work has processes. Work has steps. People know that, for example, even like in change, there are phases of change. And the people who are really expert will tell you 
why they think there are three phases in change, but other people think there are eight phases in change and whatever it is, right? But having thought about things deeply, patterns emerge, right? And that's when you can say, I notice we, we do the same three things in our meetings or whatever, or we're going to create this thing for our supply chain and there's four big parts to it, right? That's helpful when you can think of your work that way. So the fourth piece under the what is to transition. What does that sound like? Oh my goodness. Well, transitions don't have to be complicated, but you just did one. Under the fourth thing, you said, what is that, right? You literally told people's brains to go close folder number three, which was about labels, and open number four, which is about transitions, right? You did it for us. And it's as simple as that, Hmm. right? So if I were giving... If I were giving a presentation and you knew that I was going to have three big folders, it's literally when I say, okay, that takes care of all the stuff about last year's budget. We're done. Here's what we need to look at. The third folder, which is next quarter. That's it. I mean, that's all. It doesn't even add 30 seconds. But everybody mentally closes one folder, opens the next. Nobody's lost. I mean, unless they're like, you know, looking at their phone or something, which you can't control. But you've made it really clear where you are on that map. It's interesting how often people don't do this at all and the difference between a quick sentence to make a transition to to indicate that you've gone on to a new portion of the conversation or meeting or briefing or whatever. And yet that's so critical when it doesn't happen. I find myself as a listener then are we on to the next point? Are they still talking about this? And I, I find myself losing the cadence really quickly and I'm spending energy trying to figure out where we are instead of spending energy actually listening to the person. I agree. Dave, listen, I I listen to people for a living and I listen to people for often two hours at a time. And when I get lost, a, a lot of times it's because I thought we were like talking about the relationship with the boss. And so I'm kind of in that folder, right? I'm driving down that road, listening and listening and listening. And then there's some piece of data that says, wait, hold on. We can't be t- talking about the boss anymore. Like, wait, where did they, where'd the road go? Like, how did I lose track of that? Because they've transitioned and I didn't know it and I'm lost and, and I'm not a bad listener, but I'm like, or sometimes I'll stop them and go, wait, wait, wait. Uh, are we talking about, you know, your direct report now? And and I just need to clarify it because I'm confused. That's what happens when you don't transition. And people tell me all the time, oh, I knew (laughs) in my head, I knew I had taken a fork in the road. Ah, Sorry, I didn't tell you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Intention does not equal impact, right? From difficult conversations. And so Mm, mm, even mm. if I intended well to transition in my own mind, if I didn't say that out loud or otherwise make that apparent, then there's no reason to believe that the other party is going to sense that transition unless there's something I do that really makes that clear. Right. And what would that be? I mean, literally like a flashcard or advance the slide, I suppose. But I'm, I'm, yeah, if you're just kind of talking, how would I know? Yeah. If you don't tell me, how would I know? Yeah. Okay. A- absolutely. Okay, good. So I'm going to attempt to <laughs> demonstrate that here. <laughs> Let's transition to... The third piece, which is the how to start using this and maybe some examples. So when under the what, that was the second piece. We had those four subfolders of the what this looks like, the headline, the number, the label, and then the transition. So now, how to do it. 
And you told me earlier when we were planning our conversation that you often use examples and a system that helps people to understand this. Would you share that with us? Oh, I love this. Sure. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do, Dave. I'm going to ask you to just listen and I'm going to do two things. And all you have to do is kind of have an experience and then tell me your experience. And I'm going to guess that you will speak for many of your listeners, right? So I will tell you when I change from one to the other. And let me tell you what you're going to hear. I'm going to talk for a little bit the way I think people talk, like they talk with their friends, they talk over lunch, they talk in meetings. People just talk. And I'm going to talk for a couple minutes. Then I'm going to stop. I will transition and I will take the same information and sort it and label it and let you hear it sorted and labeled. And, And you will get to choose which one you like better. Okay. Nice. And can I just say you sorted and labeled just now? You told us exactly what we're going to hear. Here's two things coming. (laughs) Here's the separation. Here's how I'm going to transition. Beautiful. (laughs) Yes, you're right. I did. And I, yes, there you go. Okay. So what I'm going to talk about for a few minutes is presentation skills because it's where I started my career. It's what I still often do with people. I love it very much. I get to go all over the world, really, Dave, and work with people on their presentation skills. And one of the things that I've noticed is that the people who are really good at it, they are just often elevated because of that skill. And it, they, they may not always be the you know, best technician or the smartest person, but they have this ability to communicate in a way that's credible. And so people really, they like having them in the room and when they talk, they're understandable so that you know, they're really helpful. But it's that idea that they've got this presentation skill. And often too, for them, they I don't, it's not always true, but a lot of the times I find they can make information memorable so that people can remember what they say later. And that's an important part of being an influencer. Time out. That was number one. Number two, sorted and labeled. Same thing. So I would like to talk to you about presentation skills because, because it's fond for me. It's, I've been doing it so long and I love it so much. One of the things that has fascinated me over the years, Dave, as I go into different companies, different cultures, talk to different people and talk about presentation skills, I find the same three things make a difference. People who can do all three of these things are knocking it out of the park. They are credibility, understandability, and memorability. Credibility, understandability, and memorability. Those are the three big chunks that really great presenters do. And you and I could talk forever and ever about the first two, but I want to just do a quick little thing on the last one, because I think all of us, Dave, everybody, everybody who listens to this podcast wants their information to be memorable, right? And if you want your stuff to be memorable, just do two things. Repetition. Say it the same way every time. Just say it the same way every time. And mnemonics. Give them some way to remember it, help memory tricks, like credibility, understandability, and memorability. It's all multisyllabic. It ends in ITY. It kind of rhymes. You know, that's a a mnemonic timeout. Mm. So which do you like, one or two? Definitely two. Because? I don't remember number one. (laughs) That's (laughs) a good reason. It sounded fine. Uh, boy, uh, you know, years of Carnegie as a facilitator really 
really got me my ears tuned to stories and examples and evidence. And the first one really sounded generic to me. It was like a lot of you said a lot, but it didn't really yeah, like what I remember is oh Tom was talking about presentation skills. Even though mm-hmm. I was listening really hard. Like that's the part I remember. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, I'm also curious, did I lose you at any point? Was it hard to listen to me? Uh, I love your voice. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 you, you, I will give more attention to than I would the average person. Like you will keep me longer just because I really enjoy listening to your voice. But mm. yeah, you did start to lose me a bit because, and I'm used to you being much more a storyteller and and doing sorting and labeling. So when you don't do it, it's really noticeable. Like I don't, hmm. it's harder to stay with you then. And yet, what you did first sounds to me like what I hear most often in organizational life. And even even in personal conversations often is, is that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Listen, one of the things that has delighted me over the years, I just have to say, is when I do that first demo in front of people, I can tell their eyes are wandering. I can tell I've lost them. And then when I ask them later, people go, no, 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 I was listening. <laughs> it's like, no, you weren't. I could see you weren't. <laughs> but, but my point is, it turns people's off because there is no structure and our brains want structure. I'm guessing you had no trouble paying attention in the second one. Yeah. I remember that there were three things. Uh, the first, you said credibility was one of them. Yep. Memorization was one of them. And that one you went into detail. Right. And I don't, I don't quite remember the second one, but yeah, I know but that there think, was a second one. But here's the point I'd like to make to the audience, which is, Dave, you heard that from me in the space of a couple minutes. It's now been several more minutes. And you still retain two out of three. That's amazing. Hmm. That's amazing that you can even remember two out of three things that I mentioned kind of at random that aren't even really important to what we're doing here, right? It were, they were just examples that you had no need to retain them, but you did. And that's the power of sorting and labeling right there. Yeah. That you can remember two out of three. Because again, I want people to think if they presented in a meeting and half an hour later, someone else was talking to them and they could repeat two of your three points, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, yeah, that'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah. So it works. And that was the proof. So, And it's not a high bar to clear to get a lot of return on this, which is if you just start with getting clear on what you're talking about and you've got a number and you do some labeling, even if you don't do it perfectly, because so many people don't do that, if if you will just start there and and try it and play with For that. Sure. Uh, I mean, it, the difference is is striking. I mean, what you the two were so distinct. And you know what was interesting also that you did is you said, you know, the first two we could talk about for a while, but let's actually just talk about <gasps> the third one. And so oh, I'm so glad you noticed you didn't that. even yeah, you didn't even go into the first two, which is I'm sure why I don't remember the second one. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe I'd want to go back and listen to what he said of what that second one was, because that, you know, the third one was really valuable. And, and maybe that second one was important, too. But it sounds like you intentionally skipped that, too. Oh, I am so glad you mentioned this. So that is very intentional on my part about transitions. And I want to tell you, I think I'm modeling two things. One, first off, I would never 
put my third one first if I really wanted it to go first. If I really wanted it to go first, I would put it first. But number two, the fact that I could jump you from the highest level, right, presentation skills, into the third folder, and by the way, do it with no confusion, you knew exactly where I was going, right? then that's the power of clear transitions. Your brain as the receiver, your brain, I can tell it to move around, like literally moving the mouse around my computer. I could say, wait, hold on. Hey, did you hear? Miranda just had a question. Uh, Miranda's question is really about folder number one. So let's real quick talk about credibility. Blah, 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 blah. Miranda, did I answer your question? Great. Okay. That takes care of folder one. Let's go back to where we were in the folder three, right? So I can, I can jump you around anywhere as long as I'm clear. And that's the, the beauty of sorting and labeling. Can I, can I just say for one quick sec, Dave, I, I want to be sure if people want to go back and listen to the demo and they want to listen to that second one, not the first one, right, that I did, but the, the one that's sorted and labeled, I want to tell them they will not really hear a very good headline. And I want to say that was intentional. Yeah, you said, I'm going to talk about presentation skills. Right. Something like that. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad you got the headline, but I want to be clear that a lot of times I will advocate, especially for people who are nervous speakers or who are opening an event, I will ask them to say their headline and then stop talking. So it might, it would sound like this. What I want to talk about for a few minutes is presentation skills. When I think about presentation skills and then I repeat it in the next sentence, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a really clear headline. I didn't really model that this down. And it was because I was being way more conversational, but I don't want them to think it isn't there. I hope the other three things are very clear, both the number and the labels. And I did it a couple of different ways. Transitions. I think the other three steps are really clear. If we go back to the piece where you skipped over those first two and you kind of went to the yes. third sub point. Uh, the other thing that just struck me as you were saying this, the utility behind doing that, I think about getting especially in front of an executive leadership team and giving a 15-minute briefing. And then all of a sudden, which almost always happens, the executive sitting to the right of you starts asking a ton of questions. And it turns out you don't have time to talk about all four of the things you were going to label, you labeled. And so you might, in the moment, choose if you have done this well and thought through in advance what are the numbers what are the different labels you might say okay here's number one here's number two here's number three let's talk about number four because that's the really important one and we've already covered the others and time isn't going to allow us to get into one two and three or the audience decides number four is important mm -hmm. right which executives and customers are often to do they're zeroing on one thing if you've done that in advance you're i think you're a lot less likely to get thrown off your game if you have a map that you can follow, you, you know exactly where you are. Getting back to the importance for the sender, you know where you are and you're able to have a conversation in the context of the thinking you already had. That's great, right? That's part of the utility of it. Let's transition to the where people go wrong. So you, you see this go wrong often. Oh, I do see this go wrong often. So here's the one that I just, I, this makes me laugh. I, I heard it. Oh, I just heard it the other night on something. So somebody said, I have three things. And then they listed four. I was like, what? Wait, <laughs> that's not, wait, stop. So that's, that's one thing is people kind of break the contract, which just means 
I'm confused. I, it's not that I can't recover, but it, it also, by the way, doesn't make you look like you're at the top of your game. <laughs> so uh, that's one of the places people go wrong. People go wrong, as I've said, explaining. They want to explain. <laughs> they want to explain their labels. They want to open the folder and dive in before they've actually clarified the label. And then the last thing that happens that I see all the time, Dave, I don't know. I, I'm guessing you've heard this. Someone will lay out a nice set of labels, right? I'm guessing you have heard people do this where they'll say they're going to talk about three things and three different topics and they're in topic one. And listen, this is the transition piece, right? They just leave it out. They're suddenly in folder two, but you have to figure that out. They just didn't transition it, right? So that's another place where people go wrong. Can I tell you some places where I see it really work well? Please. Email. It's amazing. When I get emails from people and go four quick things and each one is numbered and they're both, they're all about three or four sentences long, as opposed to a 200 word email, that's just block text where I go, why do I have to sort this? Why do I have to read this and then figure out what you're telling me? So I guess that's a place people go wrong. Right. And again, I'm guessing you've had this experience. I'm guessing most of your listeners have had this experience. Yeah, it's. I love the invitation to do this in writing as well on email. I, I have the same experience when I get an email from someone and there's like three clear bullet points. I'm like, wow, thanks for making that easy. And then I can do inline replies. It makes it so much simpler. So when you're doing this, make sure the numbers match, first of all, right? Like you said, you know, if you say there's going to be three things, make there be three things. And then the other big piece of this I'm hearing you say, especially in verbal communication, is talk through the labels first. You know, Here's the three labels, and then go back and dive in versus diving into the first label before you've set up the framework for what the map's going to look like. I think one of the places we've gotten used to doing it, and we understand that it's helpful, is on platforms like Slack or any place where there are handles where you actually need to be accurate with your hashtag. You, you, you don't just get to make stuff up. You have to actually hit the target. And so people, I think, often do think about what conversation am I in? And one of the things, uh, I don't think story should be sorted and labeled. I think stories are stories. And I don't, I'd never put a framework around my stories like sorting and labeling. But I kind of do around conversations. And you started to talk about it before. Yeah. Uh, th this idea about, well, we call, what you and I were talking about, being accountable for a conversation that I know when the topic has changed. So again, I don't want to sort and label our conversation as we're having it, but if I'm going to change folders on you, I'll, I'll let you know, cause I don't want to lose you. I, you know, <laughs> I'd like you to be along with me on the conversation. Yeah. And I'm glad you made this distinction because I, th I think there is a difference between thinking in advance and giving a presentation or a briefing or writing an email of sorting and labeling because you're transmitting some information and have any real-time conversation. And so, uh, you know, we are obviously doing this for the purpose of demonstrating, of sorting and labeling our conversation here in real time. Um, right. So I don't think you would normally have planned that. Like, two people don't get together and, like, you lay out the framework for let's sort and label our conversation first, right? And yet, and you are really good at this, Tom, you've always been good at this, is you are tracking what we're talking about. And both of us are doing this. And when we transition to another topic, we might say something like, well, hold that thought for just a moment. Um, yes, exactly. You, you, I've learned that from you because you're really good at 
if the topic is changing, you will stop and you'll say, hang on just a second. Did we just change topics? Are we talking about something else right now? Even when you and I have personal conversations, like about our family, you're like, oh, you know, you're telling me a story about your one of your daughters, and then I'll like, wait a minute, you know, and we'll, we'll go a different direction. And then you're really, really good at at signifying those transitions. So, I, I think the invitation I'd make to people is even though we don't sort and label in real time and conversation of being mindful of what it is we're talking about, and if the conversation has shifted. For for someone to say that out loud and to demonstrate that you know we've changed topics and is that is that good? Should we move on to the next thing? I think it has to do with this idea of being accountable for what you're talking about, and I think leaders need this skill. I coach many leaders where I will engage them in what I call a game that lasts over multiple sessions called "What are we talking about right now?" And it's to do that discipline, Dave, which is. Do you know what you're talking about? And what I get agreement on is that I can stop them at any time and simply ask them, what are we talking about right now? And they have to go to the highest level of hierarchy they can. What topic are we really on? And I want to tell you, some of these men and women drill down on stuff where it's like, you cannot follow them. You can't. And, and these are, by the way, these are really smart people who do really complex work, but they're telling this story where I cannot see the roadmap in their head. I have no idea what they're talking about. And I'll stop them and go, what are we talking about right now? Right now, what, are, what is this topic? And it's hilarious because they don't know. <laughs> they have no idea. And, and it's a, the point is, it's a discipline I think we all need to develop. Nobody's at the finish line on this one, but that's the game. And sorting and labeling helps with it. I so appreciate this invitation to do this better. And I have a couple of invitations for folks who would like to do this better. So one of them is if is Tom has created a beautiful document for us. It's one page, sorting and labeling. It's a PDF. We're going to put a link to it up on the episode notes. We're also going to put it in this week's weekly leadership guide. It is the visual overview and demonstration of what we've been talking about here today. It's a wonderful companion to this conversation, Tom. So thank you for making that available. Um, Go and download that. And that might be the thing you keep on your desktop, in fact. And when you're thinking about preparing for that next conversation or that briefing, the other invitation I would make is, Tom, you're masterful at demonstrating this on your podcast. I love the look and sound of leadership. I've listened to it before Coaching for Leaders started. I was so honored when I got to talk to you for the first time because you're you're so good at being able to demonstrate this and so many other skills in real time. So if you haven't listened to the look and sound of leadership, please go check it out. It's a wonderful compliment to the show. And by the way, for those of you who do listen to the look and sound of leadership, go over to Tom's website at Essential Communications. It's EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's, right? Dot com, Tom. <laughs> Nicely and, done, Dave. And, uh, and, and get on his mailing list because he, you've got lots of stuff coming in the next um, several months, the next year or so on uh, courses and all kinds of new things you're doing. The website's getting redone. It, it, it's going to be really cool. So if you're not already on Tom's mailing list and you follow his work, I would absolutely invite you to get over to EssentialCom.com, and we'll put that in the episode notes as well. Tom Henschel is the host of the Look and Sound of Leadership podcast and an extraordinarily talented executive coach. Tom, always a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, Dave.
Making sense to others is just one of many skills under the umbrella of executive presence. Many episodes I've aired over the years on executive presence, and a few that I would recommend to you are, first of all, episode 316, which was also with Tom. And in that episode, we talked about executive presence with your elevator speech. And that's not what you think it might be about, is in getting an elevator and literally having 30 seconds to tell someone who you are and what you do. Rather, that's really a conversation focused on how to communicate concisely, especially in high-level conversations. Episode 316, a wonderful compliment to the message here also today from Tom. In addition, I'd recommend episode 450, The Way to Influence Executives with Nancy Duarte. Nancy heads up one of the most successful firms that serves other organizations on helping them with their executive presence, presentation skills, briefing skills. And she, in that episode, shares with us some of the key tactics that her and her team teach to leaders and organizations on how to influence well, both internally and externally, especially at the executive level. Some wonderful frameworks there. If you have not heard episode 450 and you spend any amount of time briefing executives inside or outside your organization, it's a must listen for you. And then finally, I'd recommend episode 505, the last time that Patrick Lencioni was on the show. He talked to us in that episode about your leadership motive. And one of the key messages he has for us in that episode is that as leaders, we're often called upon to be the chief reminding officer, the importance of not only concise and clear communication and it making sense, but also in repeating that message consistently. All of those episodes you can find under the coachingforleaders.com website. They're all under the category of executive presence, which is one of the categories on coachingforleaders.com. The best way to get access to that is just to go over to coachingforleaders.com, set up your free membership, and it's going to give you the ability to search for all of these episodes by topic, plus every other area that we've aired over the years. If you have not yet set up that membership, that's going to give you access to that, plus my weekly leadership guide, plus all of the free audio courses, and a ton more inside the membership. Coachingforleaders.com is where to go to get access and you'll be on your way in just a few moments. Next week, I'm glad to welcome back to the show, David Sparks. He's going to be returning to teach us how to handle our papers like a pro. Join me for that conversation on getting organized and I'll see you next Monday. Take care.